Welcome to Regulars Anonymous. With host, Zachary Landry. Sitting down with the people who are standing in line behind you at the grocery store. And hearing what they have to say. Just it easily. You got the sound bars there, so. Yeah, if you just uh, talk, get comfortable. Hello, I'm talking. I'm comfortable. Oh, now I'm really comfortable. Are you jerking? Can my chair do that? <laughs> it should be able to. I'll fall off. You'll fall. <laughs> I'm gonna risk it. Sweet. So, how was your day? You know, it was pretty good. I ended up not getting a getting a phone call to go to work and it ended up being pretty fucking relaxing actually so <laughs> you know I, I feel as though i deserved the day i've had today <laughs> <laughs> your haircut's looking fresh yeah well this is actually called the lack of a haircut That's... i need another one soon what do you miss the long hair I miss it a lot, but I still have one son that's too young for me to have long hair. I almost can't have a beard because it's just too fun to fucking yank on. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, if I cut off the beard, then they'll start IDing me at liquor stores. <laughs> Save the and I just can't find that extra time in my day <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> All right. So how how it has been uh how is being a dad? Well I wish someone had told me how hard it was gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone always talks about how tough it is being a mother and as a dad you just gotta be fucking fun. You know, I don't don't fucking hit him. <laughs> yeah, don't be a cunt and whatnot, you know, but When we, uh, when my first son was being born, we did all these parenting classes and they hammer into your head, don't shake the baby, right? For obvious reasons, right? And it makes complete sense until you're holding a baby, right? Yeah, yeah, I never think the thought would ever cross your fucking mind because it's a horrible thing to even think about, right? But they're fucking asking for it. I, I know it sounds bad. I never did shake my babies. They've made it past the stage. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know me listening to this, I, I did it. I got it past the stage. Right? But the whole idea, they should really hammer into why you're going to think about shaking the baby in the first place. Because it's fucking no sleep. It's, it's infuriating. And the fuckers learn how to talk. The first thing they learn how to do is argue. <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, as karma, I, if one thing I having kids has taught me is how shitty I was to my own parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look back. I look back now at me growing up and I'm uh sarcastic and just how much of a dick i always was i was homeschooled for the longest time and i had a horrible relationship with my mother during the whole thing right and now i'm looking back on the whole thing I'm like, yeah i fucking deserve my children to be like this you know and 
little tit tit for tat yeah exactly you know how was it being homeschooled would you do that with your kids no fuck no (laughs) no no my parents fucked up by doing it to me i think they did it as a way because they were quite religious at the time and they wanted to stop whatever indoctrination from fucking school might do to me uh while I always hated school, but at least if you hate school and you're with all your friends at the same time, at least you're with your friends, right? I was as shitty to my mother as I was to every teacher I've ever had, right? <laughs> but now it's my mother, yeah, right? Instead of just some fucking science teacher or something, right? And no, I, I, you know, looking back and they've explained their thought process to me and i don't hold any grudges but if you're gonna fucking hate school it's easier to hate school when you can still go have lunch break or recess with your friends instead of oh i'm still here with my fucking teacher (laughs) (laughs) how long were you homeschooled for uh grade five to grade 10 i went back to public school oh so you had already been to public school yeah yeah i was public school up to grade five and I excelled, actually. I was really good at school. It was actually grade six where uh, letters got introduced to math, where it all fell <laughs> off for me. <laughs> but, yeah, I was public school at grade five. And then I was pulled out of school for, yeah, whatever. I don't fully understand their reasoning. I, all I know is I was pulled out of school. Then I started playing football and by the time grade 10 came around, I wanted to keep playing football, but I had to go to public school to keep playing football. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was old enough to make my own. My parents respected my decision yeah. to go back to school. And did you continue to play football throughout high school? Uh, I played football for grade 10. I realized I was bullied quite hard from the people on the football team for various reasons. And... uh I just wasn't worth it. I, I quit. Uh, I fucking quit football. Uh, I finished off the year. I did finish off the year of football at least, but I rode the benches the whole time. I put no effort in. Screamed at by all the coaches. It was just not a good time. Mm-hmm. So I quit football, and then, I mean, I, I fit, quit school after grade 10 as well. So fuck it to the whole thing and went welding decided i really didn't like school and welding's the only trade you can do you don't need a fucking diploma for (laughs) so you don't have a a ged or a high school graduation no i do not Uh i've had plenty of people even my welding instructors they're like oh you should get your ged and you know but but why i don't i'm not gonna switch careers i don't want to i like what i do and even if I didn't like what I do, I'd probably keep doing it out of spite already. Just for all those <laughs> fucking just, just for all those dicks who told me I should go get my GED. Ah, fuck it. I can just weld. Yeah, I have weld. I know how to read. I'm a good reader. I'm good at math. If I gotta learn something else, I'll learn it already. But yeah. like, good with math without the letters. Yeah, without the letter or negative numbers. The negative <laughs> numbers. <laughs> I remember, oh, I was great. I forget what grade it came. Six, I think it was. My first year, and I'm trying to fucking wrap my head around adding and subtracting and multiplying and dividing negative numbers. And it would fucking reduce me to tears, right? My mom, she'd be trying to help me. And I would be crying the whole time because I just couldn't 
fucking get it. I don't make sense for which funny enough. And depending on how this next year turns out, you'll have to bleep this out. <laughs> but when I was doing my taxes this year, <laughs> I had a couple months show up in the negative. And my mother uh, was helping me do them. She said, oh, I'll help you figure them out. Mom, you couldn't help me figure out negative numbers fucking 13 years ago? What makes you think you can help me figure them out now? <laughs> <laughs> Did she continue her job as a as an educator? Yeah, she got my brother through high school. Yeah, yeah, he did. He got uh, he's got a certification of equivalence or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I don't know how that worked. I mean, but he fit, <laughs> he made her through. He made her through. It was homeschooled the whole time. He seems somewhat well adjusted. He's religious, but short of that, he's somewhat well adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. So, how long have you been welding now? Ten years. Ten years. Yeah, a decade now. So you must have started when you were sixteen. Sixteen. Yep. Yeah. I would have been the summer I turned sixteen. Actually, no. I should say the fall I turned sixteen because I worked at Bible camp the summer I was sixteen. What was that like? I loved it. It was good fun. I was, at that point, wasn't really religious anymore. But I knew all these people. And I was just working maintenance. So I didn't have anything to do with anything. Whatever, right? I I kept working there for another two years, I think, after that. Pitching on summers, just doing maintenance. Just someone who could fucking get things done. Mm -hmm. Then whatever, new owners took over. And that was kind of the... New owners took over and they changed a lot of why I loved that camp so much. I'd gone to that camp as a kid. A lot of things changed all of a sudden. I said, ah, fuck it. I finish out the year and cut my losses and whatever. Go to work. So the first couple of years of working, I only worked in the fucking winter. <laughs> I worked for money in the winter, I should say. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, then I did my uh, apprenticeship under my dad there when I was 16. It was a fucking wild time. <laughs> yeah, what was going on when you were 16? I was 16, I was when uh, I first found uh, pot and alcohol. Then I, whatever, pot head in grade 10 and dropped out, whatever. Uh, a, a tale as old as time. Potheads dropping out of grade 10. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I started working and my dad was still drinking at the time. So the first time I ever got drunk was at like fucking 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning on the way to work. Hey, he would wake up at 7 o'clock, drink a pot of coffee and quickly now we're feeling good pile some fucking beer on top of it and let's go to work which is uh, another reason I enjoy welding so much if I, uh, you're never too drunk to weld <laughs> no <laughs> no 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 it's fucking it, it's almost expected of you at a certain point it steadies your hand exactly you slow it down get, get all those pesky thoughts out of your mind so that you can just show up and work 
Do you find that you, you do think a lot while you're welding? I don't drink at work anymore, so yes. Yeah. I've uh, I've got better about that. And I don't drink at work anymore. Yeah, under the lid, a guy's got plenty of thoughts going around. Usually about nothing all that terribly important. Especially after having kids, I got the fucking Blues Clues theme song playing on repeat. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> or the Bob Joel theme song. Or some fucking kids show theme song on repeat. Well, I'm under the helmet. It's enough to drive a man to drink. <laughs> but not at work. Not at work. No, no, no. I'm working for myself now, so I have to have some fucking semblance of fucking keeping it together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who gives a shit if you're pissed working for other people? <laughs> you're yeah. not the fucking issue there. Man. Well, what was the most wasted you ever showed up to work? I was hungover as fuck. I gotta say, this is, uh, my dad still talks about this is the day I became a man. Because I went out the night before, and I got stupid drunk. I was seeing triple. The last thing I remember before blacking out, I was seeing triple. And uh, I fucking get driven home that night. And whatever, pass out, and then up at 6 in the fucking morning. Let's go to work. I was too hungover to drink in the fucking morning. I could barely stomach coffee. We, we had to pull over on the way to the job so I could puke on the side of the road. And, and then I was working with aluminum all day, like uh, grinding and cutting aluminum, which has a very shrill sound compared to mild steel. It's up there. It probably makes it top five of toughest, toughest fucking days of my life. If just trying to fucking get shit done that hung over and the, the guy we were working for yet too was a real cunt right so we couldn't let him know i was in such a bad way you know having to duck behind trailers to puke and <laughs> but that was hung- the most fucked up i ever worked i did a shitload of mushrooms because i was working overtime and i was gonna just try to microdose just to keep me awake and uh you know i keep alert but i i have a hard time microdosing. dosing i kind of looked at it like yeah this stem isn't that fucking big right that's probably a micro dose right <laughs> so we i threw that back and i remember i had my steel clamped to the table i was working a grinder cutting the thing and i remember thinking to myself oh i can't tell where this piece of steel ends and where the table begins. Like, oh, I shouldn't work a grinder right now. It's dangerous. This is how people lose fucking Fingers, digits and yeah. shit, right? So, fuck it. I'll go weld. And I was burning flux core, 052 flux core, big wire, uh, high heat, fat, high deposition rates. And I was, I was welding there and thought to myself, fuck, I have to, I know I have to move faster than I am right now, but I just couldn't. And uh, the next morning, I spent about an hour and a half grinding away everything I'd fucking welded the night before, (laughs) just so I could redo it and make it look like something. (laughs) So you're never too drunk to weld, but... You can easy do too much mushrooms to fucking weld. You don't even have to do that many mushrooms to have done too much to fucking weld. It's <laughs> the same for every 
hallucinogens don't go welling on hallucinogens in my experience everything else you can fucking figure it out already but hallucinogens <laughs> no go not the fuck don't do fuck all on hallucinogens just enjoy the fucking hallucinogens <laughs> yeah doing shit while you're hallucinating isn't the right time to be doing things no no buddy and i tried putting a trampoline together a few years ago on mushrooms I think it took us about three and a half hours to get it off the ground and <laughs> halfway assembled. I was doing mushrooms once. My dad was pounding posts, just fencing. And he just asked if I could just come hold this post in place so that he could, like, kind of mark out where everything else was going. I was just sitting there on mushrooms, just holding a post. And it's one of the hardest things I'd ever done in my fucking life. I'm like, fuck, all I got to do is hold this post, but I, I can't, I just can't. I'm fucking just trying to death. Plus you're trying to hide your hide, right? Mm -hmm. I could barely hold a fucking post. It's not the right time to do things. No, like you said, enjoy the trip. Yeah. Just block the afternoon off and don't. <laughs> Make sure no one phones you. <laughs> Come to work. Yeah, yeah, turn your phone off and just fucking take her sleazy. <laughs> Are you a fan of hallucinogens? Yeah, I've never had a bad experience with them, to be honest. I've had times where it's got a little iffy for a fucking minute, but I, I my experience with hallucinogens thus far has been... Uh, I don't fully believe there's such thing as a bad trip. I I know there is because I have been around while people are having them, right? But I don't understand why they're having them, mm -hmm. right? Just, but I've never done hallucinogens in such a way that I'm looking to better myself or look for a higher power. Like, I, I'm never trying to do some inner meditation, finding myself. I just want to get fucked up. Yeah. Right? Let's let it ride. So, I've always... Uh, yeah, I I can't say... It. The worst experience I had with a hallucinogen was I dropped some acid. And I was like, oh, okay, acid's supposed to take about 45 minutes to kick in. So, we'll quickly pop on over and go pick up some coke. And we'll be back before it kicks in. And then it started kicking in while I was about a mile away from my home. And just that last mile of driving as acid was kicking in is the only bad experience I've had with hallucinations. <laughs> but what, the la oh, last no. mile, what, what happened? Nothing. Oh, nothing. <laughs> I, made, I made her home safe and it was all good and we had a gay old time. But I started freaking out about what if I don't make it home safe? This is... <laughs> oh, no. So, nothing <laughs> happened, but I was just freaking out. Just, oh, this is a bad time for us to be kicking in us. How could I have known there was a chance? <laughs> One of those things you do and... Uh, yeah, no, I made it home and I had a fucking gay old time and... Nothing was an issue. But that last mile of driving was high stress driving. <laughs> hands at 10 and 2. Yeah, hands at 10 and 2. Keep it together. I don't want any fucking police officers to even look at me wrong because I know I'm going to look at them wrong. And <laughs> <laughs> Just got to make that last mile. 
So what what age did you start your drug use? Well, 16 with 16, drinking and I started pot. smoking pot. And uh, how did it develop from there? The pot thing, the first time I smoked pot was fucking horrible. And I, I was actually thinking about this on the drive in today. I was like, it'll be the first time I talk about the whole fucking journey of my drugs ever. And I was thinking, first time I smoked pot was horrible. And I, I was still kind of religious at the time. We were doing it outside, out of a pop can. It was a windy day and we didn't even have a lighter. We were using matches, right? So just trying to keep a match lit while you get a little high off of it. It was shit, right? Then I had, then we went and watched Carrie, the remake in theater. It was not a fucking good time. So I stopped smoking weed for a bit. Then I got offered to do it again the second time. The second time was fucking worse. I greened out real bad. I smoked out of a bong, tried to be a fucking hero. And, uh, yeah, I crawled, like, three blocks to get to someone else's house who was willing to deal with me greening out. <laughs> and uh, I don't even fucking know why I tried it a third time. <laughs> 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 the first two times have been horrible. But, fuck it, I tried the third time and it was good. I enjoyed it. It was uneventful. I just got stoned. I had a good time. I had some fucking McDonald's, right? And so I started smoking weed and then whatever. I left school and uh, drinking. And fucking booze is where I really took a shine to fucking getting fucked up. I like drinking more than weed from the get-go. And... So I fucking leaned hard in that fucking booze. I mean, I remember I was dropped out, but still going to high school parties because all my friends were going to high school parties and shit, right? And then you'd reach a certain point in the night where no one wanted to hang out with me anymore because I was the only one not fucked up off the gourd because I was so used to just drinking nine to five already at that point. And it was, I'd started on an out. Al- I started drinking on an alcoholic's fucking schedule. Right, <laughs> I didn't even work myself up to it. I started at an alcoholic schedule, and uh, yeah, I was because of that. I was always the one driving everyone home. I was the only one who had their fucking shit together, and uh, whatever mushrooms that came in that went, and I got try. I tried them when I got the uh, opportunity to. Once I'd crossed that line of doing, I smoked pot. So I crossed that line. I was willing to try. Well, I was willing to do something illegal. Right? This was back. Some of you youngings might not remember when weed was illegal. (laughs) But, yeah, I'd done something illegal. I got fucked up illegally. Right? And there's that first line that that guy had crossed. And I'm fired. Mushrooms were the obvious next step. From booze and weed mushrooms is the obvious next stepping stone. It was quite difficult to find for the longest time. And then I'll fucking... (laughs) Then the big line into fucking real drugs. I was... uh, I would have been fucking 18. 17 or 18. And I was hanging out with this girl 
that uh, we were just friends with benefits. He was fucking, there was this guy that she really wanted to fucking date. All right. His name was Gary. Gary, if you're listening to this, I'll never forget you because you fucking, that was a wild night. She gets a hold of Gary. Turns out the guy's like two years older than me. And this girl was a year younger than me. I said, this guy's like fucking 18 or 19. And she's like fucking, I don't know, 16 or some shit. And she's infatuated with him. So, but she was good looking. So we get invited into the house. And Gary's like, hey, Greg, you know, you want to try some Coke? Oh, fuck. I'd, yeah, I'd try some Coke. You know, he's like, I'd, give me some weed. I'd give you some Coke. Okay. So I gave him a joint. And he gave me a plate of cocaine. Like a fucking plate. It must have been quarter ounce on the fucking plate. All poured out on the fucking plate. To a guy who's never even seen cocaine in his life. I'm holding a plate of this shit. Well, what do I do now? He's, fucking snort it, you dummy. Right? <laughs> what, I'm supposed to hold the plate and snort it? <laughs> no, put the fucking plate down. And fucking snort some. Alright? Well, I got all fucked up on blow. It was good, whatever. Now I can look back and know it wasn't great blow. But <laughs> at the time, at the time, it was the best blow I'd ever done. <laughs> and uh, so I started partying with Gary. Uh, me and Gary started talking and we stopped inviting the girl. <laughs> <laughs> he just started hanging out with him. He had no interest in banging her. And uh, she had no interest in banging me anymore. I brought her one more time. All right. I invited another buddy of mine. Like, we're going to try Coke for the first time tonight. Well, you're going to try Coke for the first time tonight. Gary's my fucking man, you know. It's all fucking good, you know. You're with me. And I remember we walked into this dude's basement and the first word out of this girl's mouth was, where's the cocaine? Whoa, shut the fuck up. You know, we got to lead up to it. There's <laughs> some foreplay. Somebody, you don't just roll in like, oh, I'm here for free cocaine. <laughs> so eventually I do the correct amount of foreplay, give him my weed. I was just trying him weed for coke, which is the cheapest coke I'd ever fucking, <laughs> cheapest coke I've ever done. <laughs> He'd be like, he even had an automatic roller, so I didn't even have to roll joints for him. He would, done. You know, I would, and then he'd just pass a fucking plate of cocaine. And I was, and uh, now looking back, I was a fucked up place. Right? We would party, we partied there one night, and a guy puked on the cement floor. It was in the basement. We showed up there the next weekend, and the puke was still there. All right? And the guy who puked, he had hundreds of self inflicted cuts along his body, like down his back. One girl showed up there one time, fucking, uh, we had to get her to the hospital so she could get her stomach pumped. From uh, alcohol poisoning. It was not a good place. It was good. Oh, Gary was a good guy. But like, it was troubled fucking people there. Right? That was my intro to cocaine. And then I fucking drew the line in the sand. Well, I'll do cocaine, but I'll never pay for it. Because once you pay for cocaine, it's a fucking yeah, a problem. 
<laughs> like, uh, that's the fucking line I drew in the sand. I didn't fucking I did cocaine for not regularly, but I did cocaine for years, every now and then, once every four months or so. Uh never paid for it. And I turned eighteen, I was allowed to go in the bars and shit, and I had a fucking superpower. Where I could always pick up the guy at the fucking the club or the strip club or wherever we were part I could always pick out the guy we want to hang out with him <laughs> we want to hang out with him tonight because he's fucked up and he's going to share drugs with us and it was, it was incredible how uncanny I always was so I did a lot of cocaine and I never fucking paid for it and I was stu- then I got a fight with my dad and I quit working for him. I went to go work for Rick DeWelder. Rick, if you listen to this, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you cunt. <laughs> you know the job I did before you laid me off, you motherfucker? It was one of the worst days of my life. Then you laid me off, you motherfucker. And I happened to work with a guy who had used to sell coke a lot. And now he only sold a little bit of coke every now and then to his friends. And I crossed that fucking next line. Ah, buy a little coke. But it's Friday. It's 31st. Payday, you know. A gram. I'm fucking just buying a gram. Search a gram through the night. And it's fine. We'll buy another one. Four paychecks from now in a month. Or I get two paychecks in a month. Right? Fuck it, you know. So for the longest time, I just did cocaine once a month on Friday, you know. And then all of a sudden on the Friday, I bought two grams. I needed two grams to get me through. And then a fucking eight ball. And then, uh, then I needed him to front me on a Friday and uh, that was the last big line a guy crossed. It was the first time he bought it on a fucking Thursday. <laughs> you know? Fuck it. Friday's almost here. We're dead. I just got to sweep floors tomorrow. We'll, uh, ah, we get fucked up tonight. We should have a little bit left over for tomorrow night already. And then that's fine. And then, uh, yeah, it fucking spiraled from there quite rapidly, actually. So I was probably about two fucking years I spent. Well, I had, from 18 to when I was like 20. So two years I spent doing it for free. Then as soon as I started paying for the fucking shit, it, uh, yeah, it spiraled out of control. It was very quickly. All of a sudden, I fucking... Then I went to welding school. I did my first year of welding school. And then, then it didn't fucking matter. All you had to do was show up. I already knew everything. I'd been welding for fucking seven years already. I already knew all this shit. Just had to show up. Oh, no, fuck. If I hadn't gone well in school, I probably would never have developed the fucking problem that I did. Would you say you would you say you had a problem going into welding school? No. I was definitely at the verge of developing a problem. Like I was right on the razor's edge. 
of having a problem. And then fucking welding school, I mean, that was the first time I stayed up for three days straight doing cocaine. Fuck it, I just gotta show up. I can do all the welds already. You can never be too coked up to weld. And I could do the book work because it's, it's not difficult. You just have to be able to fucking read, right? And I could do all that. It wasn't an issue. All you had to do was get over 70%, right? And I was out of my gourd the whole fucking time, right? And I was still pretty well top of the class. It was. And then all of a sudden, welding school. And then oh, the funny thing about welding school. It's just one motherfucker. He showed up. He was doing his journeyman pipe fitters. And I partied with this guy. And on the first night there, he mentioned he had a $15,000 line of credit that his daddy paid for. And anytime anyone ran out of drugs or we ran out of alcohol or something, he'd fucking pay for it on his line of credit. <clears throat> And then because his daddy had so much money, I mean, if his line of credit ran out, he'd phone the bank at 8 o'clock at night. Like, the fucking headquarters is some shit. When daddy's got money, you can get a hold of the fucking bank already. And he would just up his fucking line of credit. He started off that, uh, it's two-month period. He started that off. With a $15,000 line of credit. He ended it at a $50,000 line of fucking credit. Just paying for fucking drugs and alcohol. For anyone who needed him. If he liked them. The amount of fucking drugs I did. That this fucking guy paid for. Be enough to kill a lesser man. (laughs) Right? So what was I supposed to do? Not do all these free fucking drugs? And I didn't have kids or anything at this point. I had a girlfriend that we'd been on and off a million times already. Like, I really didn't have fuck all to lose at this point in the game. I don't fucking let it ride. Then I go back to work and fucking uh, whatever. And all of a sudden, that guy's got to do a little blow in the morning just to fucking wake up just so he can make it work. And... Uh, yeah, that went on for another six months or so before Rick fucking laid me off. You fucking cunt. <laughs> you know, this it was a dirty blow. I'm going to interrupt this riveting story of my downward spiral <laughs> to tell you all about the day I got laid off from Rick the <laughs> Welder. This guy showed up at closing with a suspension bolt that he'd snapped off on his car, right? Snapped the head off. Just needed me to extract it. I've done it a million times. It wouldn't come. Rick rolls up, sees I failed a couple times. He's like, you fucking idiot. It's because you're not welding it hard enough. So he welds a nut onto the bolt. Uh, Hot, hot, hot. Let's it cool down. Rick fucking snaps it off too. That bolt was in there. It wasn't because I wasn't welding it on hard enough. It was because the bolt wasn't coming. And Rick looks at me. He's like, oh, well, guess you got to drill the thing out. I sat there. It took me two fucking hours. It was like a three-inch bolt. 
two fucking hours to drill it out. Because bolts are tougher steel than your run-of-the-mill steel. So I drilled that fucking thing out. The guy gave me 50 bucks. He said, don't tell Rick about this because he's not paying you enough to do the shit. So here's 50 bucks for your time. All right. And then Rick has a fucking nerve to come and tell me he can't afford to keep me on anymore. After I'd spent two hours drilling out a suspension bolt. It's not a funny story, but it fucking chokes me. It's a fucking, it's a brutal way to get, lose your job. Doing a shitty fucking job and then losing your job afterward. It's a tough fucking blow. So I spent my entirety of my last paycheck that night on cocaine. (laughs) And I remember sitting in the forgotten alley. And they're like, well, you got to make sure to save all the money you can because you don't know when you're going to have a job again. I'm like, ah, fuck, I already spent it all. (laughs) So I went back to welding school to do my last two years back to back. And as far as that all goes, that worked out like a fucking dream. Again, I got my journey means like it worked out very well when Rick laid me off. But that was four months of student loans and fucking unadulterated fucking drug use. And I went fucking crazy through uh, those four months. Then I got my journeyman's and my red seal first time. <laughs> first try. <laughs> so everyone knows. And then I got a job in the Innisfil, wicked job. I loved that job. But I was working upwards of fucking 60 to 100 hours a fucking week doing whatever. Shit work. The shit work, the fucking kind of guy who drops out of high school has to fucking do. (laughs) And, uh. My cocaine use got fucking out of control. I'd invite people over for a couple of drinks here or there with just a... I came right around to that plate of cocaine again. Now it was my plate of cocaine. <laughs> and I felt good about the whole thing. It felt nice to be back to a fucking plate of cocaine. Eh? Makes you feel like fucking Scarface, you know, when you dump out the whole bag and fucking cocaine. Then I lost that fucking job. I I, I didn't lose that. I never lost no job because of my drug use. I always kept her fucking together for work, uh, even though I shouldn't have. For they were paying me pennies. I I fucking feel pretty pissed off about it for how little I was getting paid compared to what I was actually fucking doing for these people, right? I should have been fucked up the whole time. It would have only been fair. (laughs) And then uh, I lost that job because I fucked up my shoulder, the whole meal deal. I had a big surgery on it and he didn't have the work. And I made the second greatest financial decision of my life (laughs) and I switched to meth 
Oh no, I was an incredible financial fucking decision to make. I mean, yeah, I was buying like half an ounce of cocaine at a time for like I'm gonna use this all now. <laughs> we had long gone with the days uh, we might have a little bit left for tomorrow. We'll we'll finish this tomorrow, but we're not gonna stop in between. I buy quarter ounce, half ounce at a time. Couldn't fucking afford it anymore. And meth is just cheap. Fucking cheap. I was paying 80 a gram for cocaine. I switched to meth. I was paying 40 a gram. And for a reasonable person, one gram of meth should get you two days of fucking 48 hours of fucking giving her. I was always balls to the wall. I was on a fucking 24 hour gram a fucking day. Let's fucking give her. In fact, it wasn't too terribly. Oh, by the way, before I tell this next story, I quit and I'm clean now. <laughs> Just so that this next story makes sense. But I ran into an old dealer of mine. Fuck, you're alive. I figured you'd fucking die. <laughs> And that's fucking, uh, I don't think I was on meth for fucking six months, eight months maybe before I fucking, that was a wild fucking time. I don't remember much from that time. From that six um, month period. Yeah, six to eight months, it's somewhere in there. Because I did quit for one month where uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, got pregnant with our uh, first son. And they quit for a fucking month in solidarity because she can't get fucked up anymore either, right? So I, I made it a good fucking month there. Well, fuck uh, fuck it. I'm not doing nine months of this shit. <laughs> I'm not the pregnant one. <laughs> Why should I suffer? Yeah, both of us don't have to go down. <laughs> So that didn't help our relationship at all. If I have to completely, <laughs> she didn't honest. live vicariously through you <laughs> no, as you did it. No, no, it was a fucking yeah. It was a fucking tough nine months. Probably tougher for her than it was. I was having a good time, and even if I were to look back, I don't think I was having that good of a fucking time. <laughs> right? I just wasn't sober. Yeah, right. I just, I just wasn't fucking sober, which is, I wasn't particularly enjoying myself, right? But at least I wasn't fucking sober. I almost quit drinking completely this time. I never felt like drinking when I was all fucking speeded up on the good stuff. Wasn't worth it. Why would I fuck up the, why would I fuck up the meth with something as shitty as alcohol? Very much like what I did with weed when I quit weed and fuck, I'm fucking up my alcohol with this shit, you know. All in all, I mean, I don't don't take this as a reason to do it, but I never really faced any consequences for my actions. <laughs> I. I I don't have that nice feel-good fucking story where I hit rock fucking bottom and I came back and built all the bridges again, right? Everyone loved me the whole way fucking through, you know? I mean, I got super fucked up for about six years and then, uh, well, then 
I stopped doing it. <laughs> what happened? What happened? And I something I noticed reading on the Red Deer uh, community page a lot, right? Because I, I, it has changed my views on a lot. People fucking rip on homeless people and drug addicts, like quite needlessly. Can you hand me a beer from the yeah, yeah. fridge? I didn't quit drinking, folks, so I couldn't quite go all the fucking way. But uh, people rip on the homeless drug addicts quite needlessly. And to be honest, at a point in my life, I did too. Fucking filthy drug addicts can't get their shit together. You know? so, then you fucking live it, right? And then you're like, oh. And you feel shitty. It's like, I can't believe I had to go through this myself to understand it. It's kind of shitty. That oh it's affected me now all of a sudden so I fucking get it, <laughs> but uh, well that's what happened to me. I just, uh, but I met fucking plenty of fucking people hanging out and all fucked up with them and shit and uh, but they were all good folk. I only ever met one fucking dude, one fucking dude, and he was a fucking psychopath, and uh, he was the best dealer I've ever had. Like I was, that's a, that was a weird difference. When I switched from buying weed to like buying cocaine, right? Uh, cocaine dealers were fucking way better than weed dealers ever fucking were. Like, weed was not is not that good of a drug for the dealer to fuck around like he always. It's not worth two hours of fucking waiting, but no one's ever fucking sold their life savings for weed. You know, like, coke dealers, they don't fuck around, though. I met there's no fucking around. They're there when they tell you they're going to fucking be there. I never understood that. I never understood why they had, because they were all fucked up on the shit themselves, too. You'd think they'd be more unreliable, but it's fucking better than weed dealers everywhere. Well, we, if, if both dealers are, are doing what they're selling, kind of makes sense. Yeah, I guess if you're on a drug, that's go, go, go. Yeah, yeah. The other guy's passed out watching a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I had one weed dealer that he's like, oh, just come knock on my door and I'll always be home. He was never home. Never once was he ever fucking home. I always had to text him. He's like, are you home? And, no, I'll be home in 20 minutes. Oh, why wouldn't you just tell me to text you in the first place then? Why are we doing this fucking song and dance? But no, all, all the fucking skeevy people I hung out with were good guys who never... By getting addicted to shit wasn't their plan. You know, when you're fucking young, dumb, and full of cum, looking at the big future ahead of you, no one's like, ah, fuck it. I'm gonna smoke crack. That's what I want to do when I'm older, is smoke crack, right? No, it's just a fucking whatever. Just way shit goes sometimes. I did it because it was fun. I just, I I've always felt a little guilty about the whole thing. So I look back on my drug use and how it turned into the fucking raging addiction it was. Yeah, I did it because it was fun while I was doing it. My life has never been so bad that I needed to run away from something with drugs or something. I was just... I don't particularly enjoy being sober. I don't like being with my own <laughs> thoughts or anything. 
right? about anything in my own personal life. It wasn't fucking, they didn't have a shit kicked out of me or nothing, right? It's just, I wanted to get fucked up as often as I could. I still do want to get fucked up as often as I can. I just fucking don't anymore. And has that been a difficult change for you? Yeah. I was a fucking weird. I still drink, but I, I, I go through, um, go through, um, patterns in my drinking where I'll go two months where it's under control, right? Then I'll have like 10 beer a fucking night or something. Just, like, <laughs> just enough to put me to sleep. <laughs> I started on an alcoholic schedule. <laughs> yeah. yeah <'cause, laughs> Well, I'll fight at 10 beer a night, then I'll just fall asleep, and it's fine, right? And then I'll go through, like, a month of fucking heavy binge drinking, or, like, closer to, like, 17 a fucking night or something, right? Like, I can't, I don't have it in me to drink hard liquor anymore, because I become a fucking monster if I do that. But, uh, I mean, frankly, the only fucking reason I ever quit doing meth was because... I ended up in the hospital. This is quite a story. And it cycles right back to, I guess, I forgot, it wasn't even a bad hallucinogenic experience. Uh, I'd been up for seven days straight uh, doing meth. And then uh, it's called stimulant-induced psychosis. I had a fucking psychotic break. And that was the fucking weirdest 12 hours of my life. Like, I'm the band. Uh, the big one I tell people so that they can try to understand what I'm uh, saying is Lemmy from Motorhead. I met him and I toured with him and I replaced him on bass. <laughs> so I fucking replaced Lemmy. From the band Motorhead on bass guitar. During this psychotic During break. During this psychotic break. I toured with him for three years. And I remember later in the night, my buddy Sammy was like trying to get me under control, right? Trying to do everything he could do before having to call the fucking ambulance, right? Because cops don't generally react well to people in psychosis. Mm -hmm. It's a very easy way to get a fucking resisting arrest and assault and battery charge. Is I, I thought I replaced Lemmy on base for fuck's sake. Right? And all of a sudden, uh, swinging on a cop is an out of the fucking reasonable thing that could happen. Yeah, thinking you're giving I him a signature. Right? Yeah, yeah, you want me to sign something and for I'm it? Fucking... Uh, Sands driving me away from where I was because cops had been called on me because I'd been being fucking... I was just in my backyard losing my fucking mind, right? I had neighbors, like, calling fucking people. I, uh, this is not good. And I'm fucking driving with him. I was telling him about my years of touring with Motorhead. And then I had a moment of lucidity. I'm like, wait a minute. Lemmy's been dead for three years and Motorhead hasn't toured in four years and then I went right back to tour with him right I had all sorts of other shit happen to me that relates quite heavily to my work life so I'm not going to talk about it here but talking with people and having like I I mean I saw them in front of me and I shook their hands 
to this day, I have clear fucking memories of fucking performing with Motorhead. I've never touched a bass guitar in my fucking life. And I have these clear memories in my mind that, yeah, I remember doing this. If we put a bass in your hands, do you think you'd be able to play the songs? No, I doubt it. <laughs> no, no. I kind of be like Sid Vicious was around that way. I just kind of... Yeah, Sid Vicious. He never played bass. He just pretended to do it. Uh, for the older folk out there, Millie Vanilli would be another reasonable person to uh, bring up in this conversation about just faking it but i got these fucking memories that I, like i swear to god they're real it took me like a week afterwards before like i was able to be like okay that never fucking happened this is it was fucked up and even i mean as i've said not having an issue with hallucinogenics i mean i've met other guys who have had stimulant induced psychosis I mean fucking this one dude I met thought he was in the pits in World War One, or not the pits the trenches the trenches right and he, he's got fucking borderline PTSD from fucking being in the trenches in World War One. I. I mean comparatively fucking touring with Morehead's pretty good you know it's, it's not real but I still kind of enjoy the memories so <laughs> Uh, so yeah I got given the ultimatum from my wife and it's like well, I'm gonna take the fucking kids and leave you or you're gonna get your fucking shit together well I did well, it's fucking quitting meth isn't as easy as one might think it is <laughs> uh, no it's not that easy no I didn't have any physical withdrawals though that was you know it's fucked up the the first time I bought meth, like I read up on it, I'm like okay, there's no physical withdrawals. So if I do decide to quit someday, at least it's just a head game. <laughs> at, least, at least it's not like doing heroin. You got dope sickness or some fucking shit like that. I just, I just gotta get through the fucking head game, eh? <laughs> Which was substantially harder than I originally <laughs> thought it was going to fucking be. <laughs> Fucking uh, three days after I quit, I'm lying awake in bed. Fuck, I'm so stupid. <laughs> like I just, I've never showed mental fortitude in my life. <laughs> what? What? Why would I have thought that I'm gonna be able to fucking pull her out all of a sudden when I'm removing dopamine from my brain all of a sudden? Why did I think this would be when I'd really fucking shine? <laughs> But I did it. Fuck it. And uh, since then, I have done cocaine a couple of times. And I'll never go back to fucking using cocaine ever fucking again. It ain't that good. It's not good enough to spend the money I did. To anyone out there thinking of trying to quit cocaine, I just fucking... You'll quit it the second you try math. Like, you'll never... <laughs> You'll never go back. <laughs> don't do... Uh, I don't want to be the guy that said, don't do drugs. I think drugs are worth fucking doing. And there's a lot of really good ones out there. 
But certain drugs. Not worth the fucking. Don't get lost in them. Some of them are just too good to be worth. They're too fucking good. Right? I mean, there's a fucking reason people get addicted. I I mean, that whole, that whole, oh, if you try meth once, you'll be addicted. Right? You won't get addicted doing it once. You won't get addicted doing it twice. Right? That's. But there's a fucking reason that whole is so easy to keep fucking doing it is there. Because it's fucking incredible. Right? I mean, there's... They work. When I talk to my addiction counselor, I, I got counseling after the whole fucking thing, too, to help with a mental game. Because, again, it was harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> you needed some coaching. <laughs> she... Uh, she said to me, she's like, so what do you want from this? Do you want, you know, do you want to quit completely? Do you want to be used, to be able to use it every now and then? I told her, well, obviously I want to be able to use it every now and then, but I can't. I don't have the, I ain't never met anyone who has that moderation of meth. Who has it in them to be like, I just do it every now and then. But yet, everyone who's I've met who started doing it, started, I just do it every now and then. Fuck, if you hit 80 years old, I say give her fucking shit. Even younger. Once you reach a certain age, I say give her shit. If I hit, if I hit 70 years old, I'm going back. Like I that it's just the way it is, right? But Yeah, it's fucking whatever. I, I I'm definitely not the guy you'd want to call in the fucking school assembly to talk about drugs. Cause I love drugs. And I always will love drugs. I just can't really fucking do them anymore. I just don't have it in me to fucking do them. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. I might see you out there and have no idea who you are.